ride-hailing app Uber, some of the most unique items forgotten in cars were a Burger King visor, divorce papers, and a Star Wars encyclopedia. Although, maybe if you'd lost the Burger King visor in the Star Wars encyclopedia earlier, Jerry, you wouldn't have gotten divorced. The Burger King visor. <laughs> ah, boy, how you doing, huh? You good? good I need buddy. some substance. That's how I'm doing. Enough dead dogs and foolishness. You got H.R. Uh, McMaster rumored to be departing the White House's national security advisor. Let's speculate endlessly on what it might mean. That's what I'm in favor of. Or FBI official Andrew McCabe, should he be fired or allowed to retire based on knowing virtually none of the facts? That's the sort of thing I want to handle right now. So David Ignatius in the Washington Post. That sounds substantive. Go on. Putin has finally gone too far. Mm. And I mentioned this earlier. uh, Putin did an interview with Megyn Kelly, what, a week or so ago? And it got, like, no traction. And I got to believe it's mostly because people... Are anti-Megyn Kelly in the media? An extended conversation right now with Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin is a huge deal. It's impossible to ignore. But the media is antipathy. Unless Trump said something dumb, and then that is the headline. But the media's hatred of Megyn Kelly uh, caused it to get no attention, I guess. I don't know what. Russian President Vladimir Putin told NBC's Megyn Kelly this month that in using power, you, quote, must be ready to go all the way to achieve the goals. Oh, yeah. That's not scary at all for a guy with the biggest nuclear arsenal on the planet. Um, Now it seems Putin has gone all the way too far. Putin's aggressive use of covert action to settle scores hit an international tripwire after the poisoning of a former Russian spy and his daughter in Salisbury. I didn't realize it was in Salisbury. I've been to Salisbury. Tiny little town. I mean, just a quiet, tiny little town that really is only on the map because it's got one of the biggest cathedrals on the planet. And the delicious Salisbury steak. And uh, the cathedral is just its so big you can't even imagine if you've never seen that sort of thing. It's like, uh, it's like a Vegas casino. It's like if the Bellagio was in a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. Mm. It really stands out. It's quite the building. But it's just, it's just a sleepy little town. And Putin sent some people in there, whoever, and, 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 and started spraying around this gas that will kill you yeah. more or less instantly. That's yeah. a hell of a move. An outrage- I'll bet whoever did it is dead. Whatever agent was in charge of that operation. I'll bet he got one in the back of the head. Wow. So you think Putin took him out? Mm-hmm. Or her? A, he screwed it up. B, he could talk. He screwed or, it or up. she. He screwed it up by not killing them? Yeah, they're not dead. The cop got hurt, etc. It's, you know, you're just supposed to find a couple of corpses and, and some plausible denial. An outraged Britain was joined Thursday by France, Germany, and the United States in condemning the use of the, the banned Soviet-era toxin known as Novichok. A joint statement denounced the attack as the first offensive use of a nerve agent in Europe since the Second World War and called it a breach of international law that comes against the background of a pattern of earlier irresponsible Russian behavior. That strong language, says David Ignatius, warrants actions by NATO and the United Nations, I would say, because otherwise it's just, you think that makes any freaking difference to Putin whatsoever? Uh-uh. The words, unless there's no action, nothing is going to happen. Actually, it's useful to him. You know, people are talking about the election in Russia, which is it's really an odd thing to call it <laughs> because it's not. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, they go through the motions of the election. Putin's main thing, his main thing is look at the West. Look at America. Look how they're attacking us, the brave and beleaguered Russian people. Are we going to stand up for that crap? No, who's with me? 
And, you know, he gets reelected over and over again. Plus that in jailing any candidate who could possibly take votes away from him. Right. Uh, so they move on to the other terrible stuff Putin's been doing. Russia's outrageous behavior in Syria should be on the table, too. Moscow betrayed the Syrian Kurds, its longtime allies, when it withdrew forces, slaughtered civilians uh, in Afrin. It's almost as grim as what's been happening in that other stuff east of Damascus that we've been talking about. Incredibly, when asked about using chemical weapons to slaughter civilians in Syria, Putin told Megyn Kelly, one wants to say, boring. How incredible is that? Wow. Wow. He has coconuts. You gassed, You're boring me. You, Shut up. You gassed a bunch of civilians. I mean, not only is it a, an illegal use of an illegal weapon, but you killed a bunch of civilians. don't even have anything to do with it. One wants to say boring. Well, he's essentially saying, this is a boxing match. You're telling me I hit the other guy. Right. That's amazing. Uh, Kelly pressed him about the indictment last month of 13 Russians that were involved in uh, doing stuff they're not supposed to do, meddling in our election. Putin responded contemptuously to Megyn Kelly. I've heard about some of them, but they are just individuals. They do not represent the Russian government. They are some names. So what? Putin used the phrase, so what, 11 times during the interview. The wow. things Megyn Kelly brought up to him. Wow. So what? Um. Uh, he, uh, he was... Uh, Pressed more on the whole uh, using the Internet, hacking into a, the election process and all the stealing stuff from companies and everything like that. And he said, the Internet is yours. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Feel free to use it when you need it. How about that? Yeah. How about the, the power grid revelation from the Trump yeah. administration? The Russians have been trying to and testing out various ways to mess with our power grids for a couple of years now, several years. And the administration's calling them out on it. So what? I'd like to know why they've dragged their feet so much, but it's nice to have them at the party. It could be they were trying to develop some cases and some international uh, accord on really coming hard at them. I don't know. You know, the the narrative from the left has been, um, and frankly, some of our listeners who are, are like uh, Eastern Europeans and are thinking, why the hell won't he condemn Putin? Um the narrative's been up because he's in bed with Putin. Clearly, he's got hotel deals or they colluded or something or other. It's possible it's a much more innocent explanation than that. Uh, but it'd be nice to hear it. So uh, the new leader of Saudi Arabia is coming to the White House next week. And David Ignatius says Trump needs to talk to him and say, hey, if you're really an ally of ours, you've got to pump some more oil and lower the price of oil across the globe, because apparently, according to David Ignatius in the Washington Post, there's a deal, a secret deal between Saudi Arabia and Russia that they'll keep their production low enough to keep the price over $60, which Russia has to have to survive as an economy. Right. When it goes below that, they start really, really struggling. Such is their dependence on energy. Yeah, so that's wild. hopefully we would have a, some leverage with our great ally, the Saudis. To Who only in- exist because we let them. Right. To increase I mean, their production, them. lower the price of oil, and really squeeze Putin. Yeah. Because otherwise, this talk of you used you used an illegal gas for the first time since World War II in Europe, we're not going to stand for that, doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Putin would say, so what? One would say, boring. Wow. What kind of a guy responds to a question about gassing children with... Uh, you would have to say boring. Wow. Right. I mean, he's not even uh, he's not even attempting to be a good dude. 
He's not even throwing on the, oh, I don't believe that happened or, or anything like that. That was like not that. our forces. I, I haven't seen the data. I, I'm told there was not a chemical attack. He just right. says, I'm bored with that story. Yeah, please. Whoa. I can't even muster. I can't muster the energy to answer that. That is a certain sort of dude. Well, that's right. a dude that has been getting away with doing whatever he wants now for quite a while. Right. And nobody stands up to him. Well, that's an extreme case. Definitely. But it's from the same file folder of some of our rules of engagement in the Middle East and Afghanistan that had wildly unrealistic views of how war has to be fought and how those societies function. Just naive, utopian, Obama-era rules of engagement. Um, Putin saying, be serious. No, we're just going to kill everybody. We're going to terrorize the population until they capitulate. Then it'll be over. What's your next question, Megan? He does live in the real world as opposed to the pretend world that a lot of Western uh, civilization lives in. Yeah, we pretend, real and brutal and heartless, but real. Yeah. We pretend that you can't do that stuff, and there are, there are horrible prices to pay if you do that stuff, and it's just not true. It's not true. It's demonst- It's been demonstrated throughout world history and continues today. You can do that stuff. Most of the time, nobody's going to stand up to you. So, you know, from that standpoint, you got you to understand that he's living in the real world, and we're not. Right. Now, we might want to change the real world, but having some I'll sort of we don't. dewy-eyed naive, you don't think so? No. I was just going to say, but you, the one thing you can never argue against is realism. Okay, you want no more chemical attacks ever anywhere. Well, you got to face up to the fact that there are plenty of people who are more than willing to launch them right now to achieve whatever political military gains they they might want to make. And quit with your never again talk and your belief that people aren't people are really nice if you just convince them to be nice. People are brutes. I don't like people. Hey, by the way, one more quick note from the Middle East. I heard this the other day, and I, I I do this for a living. And I heard this for the first time the other day. You got this controversy with Har, um who uh, the other Gulf states are really mad at. They say they're cooperating too much with Iran and shipping weapons to the Houthi rebels or whoever the rebels are these days. There are too many rebels. Um, and, and I'm fairly familiar with it, and should we help the Gulf states blockade them and blah, blah, blah. I heard for the first time the other day, Qatar is... They're not really Sunni and not really Shiite. They're a, yet a third sort of, of Islam, mostly. What is it called? I don't remember. Um, I'm not sure I'd heard of it. Hmm. Um, but that, that sect is really important. And they're just saying, look, we don't want to line up with the Sunnis. We don't want to line up with the Shias because we don't swing with either one of us because the entire Arab world is divided by what brand of Muslim you are and they kill the hell out of each other over it. And poor little Khadr is sitting there saying, look, we're neither. Just leave us alone for God's sake. We're not strong enough to not help Iran at all. We're not strong enough to not, not help Saudi Arabia and Bahrain and the rest of you guys at all. But for God's sake, just leave us alone. But there's that's just not a choice in the Middle East. A media note. How does Putin give an interview with a U.S. journalist that airs on NBC in which she asks about chemical attacks on civilians and he says, boring. And that, and I didn't hear it till now. And that happened a couple of weeks ago. If he had said, boring, I much prefer colluding with Trump, the entire interview would have been aired on every channel 50 times. <laughs> right. 
That wasn't newsmaking, I guess. Right. Uh, some interesting stats about plastic bags. I, hey, I wouldn't bring this to you if it isn't striking. It is pretty striking. It's something. If you're into the bag wars. Oh, my God. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to revise and extend my comments. Order. Qatar, or hotter, as it's pronounced, is uh, one of two... Is how it's pronounced? Exactly. One of the two Salafi, Salafist states in the world, including Saudi Arabia. It is a brand of Sunni Muslimification, uh, but they have a sizable... uh, sizable uh, minority of Christians and uh, Shias and Hindus and the rest of it, and their foreign policy is more or less, as I described it, leave us the hell alone. Um, Saudi Arabia is the other Salafist uh, country on Earth, uh, but they, uh, they're a lot bigger and stronger. There you go. So anyway, I just don't want to uh, impart inaccuracies over the airwaves, which I believe is a federal crime. Took uh, my youngest to the library yesterday. You really wanted to get some Pokemon books? You ought to have them read about the religious makeup of Qatar. All of the Pokemon books were checked out. That's how popular Pokemon still is. We had to get on a waiting list. Maybe you ought to stop essentially stealing books from poor people who can't afford to buy them and go buy your son a book. Libraries are for the poor, Jack. Wow. Well, you, I remember you, I remember you buying used toys at the thrift store. Right. Again, looting. The one place the poor can buy toys for their poor children. Boy, my son likes the library. Both of them do, but... Oh, my God, I love the library so much. Taking my kids to the library was one of the great pleasures of my life. Loved it. Yeah. I remember getting my first library card. That was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Libraries are awesome. Uh, It's too bad so many of them have been taken over by homeless people who make you want to go there, but uh, that's a different topic for a different day. But that, that's what's happened to a lot of the nicest libraries in the country, the most expensive ones in the, in the most urban areas that are taken over by the homeless, who are on the computers all day long and they make the bathrooms inhabitable and make you scared to be there. So there's that. But that's a different topic. Um, so this is in the news. This is from the Danes. The Danes are very environmental. Never turn your back on a Dane. A group... Uh, a Danish group used how many different vectors? 16? Yeah, there were 16 environmental variables. And I want everybody to pay attention to this. So they use 16 different ways to measure what's good or bad for the environment. I know what you hear coming when, with this setup. You're thinking, you know, something you're going to hate, right? Yes. Yeah. A whole bunch of Danish environmentalists using 16 different ways to, environment what's, to decide what's good and bad for the environment are going to come up with something I hate. But this is what they came up with. Plastic bags are the best thing for the environment. You have to use a regular cotton bag 7,100 times to make it better for the environment than using the disposable plastic bags each time. Holy 7,100 times, which I don't think you could do in your lifetime, could you? I'd have to do the math, but how many times do you go to the store? Once a couple times a week? So 100 times a, a, a year? Wow. I'll have some coffee and a Danish fact. Mm. I was working on that one for like 10 seconds. What would you think? That was good. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> so you'd have to use your, your regular cotton bag 7,100 times to make it better than just using the plastic bags all the time like I do. 
an organic cotton bag, you'd need to use 20,000 times to make it equal to just using the plastic bags Are all we the talking time. about the, the energy and, and manufacturing? 16 and... different vectors, Joe. Oh, sorry. For measuring uh, its impact on the environment. It's because I'm it's just a, a stupid, drunk Irishman. I'm no Dane. It's because it's a Danish, you know, it's a European environmental group that came up with this that gives it some credibility. Yeah. And it was tweeted out by Jordan Peterson, who's not the sort of guy that tweets out stuff that's crap. No. Um, the great and, rational man. And then down to paper, which started this whole freaking fight, right? That's what started this We've fight way back the in the trees. day. When I was a kid, save the trees. my mom's groceries are always in paper bags. And then somebody decided, how do we cut down trees and throw around this paper? Plastic is better. <laughs> okay, fine. Oy. Um God. Paper. You it's, would, that's, it's, that's neck and neck with butter v. margarine. For stupid, stupid utopian ideas. According to them, you'd need to reuse a paper bag 43 times to equal just using the plastic bags that you throw away. So you're still better using the plastic than the paper in terms of the effect on the environment. But paper is way better than the cotton bag. I mean, it's not even close. Right. But still, their conclusion is plastic bags are the best thing for the environment. What about choking the birds and the whales, et cetera? Uh, Sean went to the link. And the flying whales. Sean went to the link of the the original study, and it's a lot of it's in a different language, so Mm. we can't read it, but. Yeah, the uh, if this is true, these sort of things are my favorite thing on the I know, planet. I know, I, I love know, this sort of this stuff. This happens all the time, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought we were going to have Sean explaining a complicated scientific study in another language. <laughs> I was momentarily terrified. That's on the Sunday show, Joe. <laughs> this sort of thing happens regularly in life. It just just does. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to know more about it. I would, too. I would, too, because I, I, I got to admit I'm skeptical. Yeah. It's interesting. I, Even if the numbers aren't close to that, you still got to give the nod to plastic bags. You cut those in half, and you're still looking at plastic bags being better. Well, the road. To, you know, I almost um, wore my Good Intentions Paving Company T-shirt today, <laughs> and you know their their slogan is "The Road to Hell Was Paved by Good Intentions." Um, this reminds me very much. I was discussing with uh, one of our fellow radio professionals in the lunchroom earlier the fact that diamond lanes still exist. Commuter lane, uh, you know, sure. carpool lanes. Good example. Even though science has proved over and over again, they do absolutely no good. In fact, they do harm. Science has proved. Do you need science to uh, drive drive to work every day and notice the diamond lane's empty? Yeah, opening your effing eyes has proved it. But, you know, I'll go ahead and use science to back me up. But it's been proved over and over again. But they they remain because they are a, a virtue signaling right. expression. They and seem the like that, a good idea. And the fact that people tout electric cars without not a single moment's thought about how the electricity is generated to charge those batteries, which something has to be done with eventually, just as another example of... It, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about soft-headed utopianism. Yeah, yeah. Things that seem like a good idea we stick with for long after it's been proven not to be. Right. Which is amazing. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Black Hawk Down, America's involvement in the Middle East drags on. Settlements with survivors of Larry Nasser's sexual abuse are likely to be paid for by university students. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Interesting stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. A quick text for you. Would more people read the dictionary if the plot was easier to follow? And brilliant. Uh, in my city, my whole life, libraries have always been for bums to look at porn and do sink showers. And it depends on where you are, but that wow. can happen. Wow. 
Which is too bad, obviously. Coming up during the award-winning fourth hour, some of you get it, some of you do not. You can check out the podcast. Growing controversy over a high school teacher being put on administrative leave, punished for getting in the way of the great flood of anti-gun walkouts among high school kids. She just attempted to inject a little common sense into it and is being punished for it, so it would seem. So stay tuned. News now, Marsha Phillips. All seven U.S. service members on board a helicopter that crashed yesterday in Iraq are dead. NBC correspondent Richard Engel has more. At this stage, there is no indication that it went down uh, as a result of enemy fire, that it was an accident, that it happened during, quote, a routine troop movement. President Trump. And if it was brought down by enemy fire, would we be honest about it? Maybe not. Maybe so. Depends on... And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm mostly for uh, the truth, but sure. if it would alert the, the enemy that they've got a weapon yeah. that can bring down a helicopter, you might lie about it. That happens. Well, and or you're flying in a zone that is either a combat zone or a potential combat zone. You fly a little differently, and it's not as safe as commuting. It's dangerous business being in war. President Trump tweeting a few minutes ago, our thoughts and prayers going out to the families and the loved ones. Of the brave troops lost in the helicopter crash. In Iraq. Yes. That, why? We're in Iraq. We're in Syria. Right. We're in Afghanistan. We're all over Africa. Oh, doing yeah. The there was right. a giant battle in Niger the other right. day. You remember the yeah. country we didn't know we had troops in? We killed yeah. 11 uh, ISIS guys, allegedly. Yeah, the chopper went down right along the Iran-Syrian border. So, you know, and that is the wild, wild west. My brother's somewhere in the Middle East, and I was asking my parents about it when I was there two days ago. And they said he's saying nothing. He just he's he's not said anything. Just lots of yes no answers. So he's got wow. one of those things going on. Really? Who, who knows where he is? But I don't know what we're up to. I don't think anybody does. Anybody know what we're up to? I mean, if Lindsey Graham says I had no idea we had a thousand people in Niger, who does know? H.R. McMaster, maybe Mike Mattis. Settlements with the survivors of the sexual abuse of Larry Nassar are likely to be paid for in part by Michigan State University students. The interim MSU president, John Engler, told a state Senate committee that legislation crafted in response to the Nassar scandal has interfered with potential settlements and will probably force tuition increases. That's great. Some of the bills would retroactively extend the state's time limit to sue and remove governmental immunity in certain lawsuits. So you covered up uh, pervos to keep your gig going, and then when you finally get caught, we all have to pay for it. Which will keep your gig going. That's quite a a deal. Wise man once uh, pointed out to us, if you're going to be held accountable, you must be responsible. Meaning, you know, if your show doesn't do well, you're going to be fired. Don't let somebody else tell you how to do your show, because you're the one getting fired. You know, obviously, unless you trust their judgment and their advice and that sort of thing. The only way to get people serious about preventing another Larry Nasser is everybody who is an administrator above a certain level at that university pays it out of their own ass. Next time down the line, you hear, hey, I hear this doctor's perving on students. You wouldn't get a single person saying, listen, uh, let's just keep this quiet for now. Everybody would say, let's figure this out now. Before anybody else gets hurt, because they would be personally accountable. This is this is outrageous. Facebook is apologizing now after searches on the social media site returns suggestions of sexual videos and child abuse content. 
Users who began searches on the site yesterday with video of were shocked when Facebook automatically suggested various sexual and vulgar videos. Sean, you're shaking your head. What do you know about this? This is the first time hearing of it, and I was chuckling because I find it funny when people are doing things and sexual stuff comes back, but then the child abuse thing took away the humor from no, it. I understand. I understand. Yeah, Who's the- looking for porn on Facebook? Yeah, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, they just put in a, a video oh, of... Oh, right, right. Were, okay, yeah. Yeah, because the social... And so net- the autofill was... The social network Stormy search. Daniels with her head, feet behind her head. Oh, boy. <laughs> the search suggestions typically offer the most popular search terms to users. You know, that does remind time. one of the importance of uh, flexibility in middle age and putting <laughs> stretching into part of your exercise regimen. Back to you, Marshall. Facebook now investigating the issue, adding that it does not allow sexually explicit content on the site. Certainly not. So then what happened? Well, uh, apparently, if a lot of people are looking for some sort of sexual content, they bring up the most why popular they, that videos. Can't be. There's no way That's that what all of a saying. sudden, one day out of nowhere, everybody was looking for sex on Facebook, which, like Sean said, you're doing it wrong. That's what <laughs> Facebook is saying about this. Mark Zuckerberg, what is he up to? I don't trust a word that comes out of his slacker mouth. <laughs> one last note. Matt Damon is packing up the family and heading down under, according to page six. The liberal actor's distaste for President Trump is said to have prompted the decision. Just go. I'm moving his whole family to Australia. Get the hell out of here! Don't believe this to be true. I don't believe it either. I read the story and I thought, I'm not buying this. I'm thinking there's some sort of huge tax break or something. Have we questioned every story Marshall's uttered this this go around? I think this may be the record. But I I read the story last night and I thought, really? He's moving because of Trump? And it was kind of it was really really sketchy as to the where they came up with that headline. Hmm. And I'm, I'm betting there's some other reason. <laughs> All right. I'm done. That's your news. <laughs> He's had enough Brought abuse. To you by the Kremlin. <laughs> I, <laughs> fake news. That's it. It's a Russian story. I'm, I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I want you to listen to this all the way through. You can hear Michelangelo laughing as he runs away from the Liberty Bell. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Snuck into Freedom Hall at night. Yep. So you just go to Pravda.com and whatever the Russians have come up with today. He's a big RT guy, RT. right? Aren't you? RT. RT. RT.com. One of the Please. great sources for accurate and uh, truthful oh news. America's most popular actors are moving out of the country. They hate the president so much. Yeah, I don't know. Damon's publicist uh, released a statement to Boston.com. Matt has visited Australia several times recently, but he has not bought a house there, nor is he moving there. <laughs> page six, page six. Well, there are a lot of actors. Uh, Move wherever you yeah. want. <laughs> He's already bought uh, property in New South Wales, according to page six. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. Is this story real, Sean? I don't, should I do this story? I've seen more this. Fake news? I've seen this come up a couple of different times. Oh Lord! That's no. certainly it's real. No, I know, and I've, no. I've seen it a couple of different places. No, do not do that story. Okay. Next. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm not going to do that story. We'll tell you what story we're not doing next. No, I don't even want to get into it. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. It's the rope. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. 
favorite part of the Friday show is when we play that song. And I notice you've gone with the black wig and lipstick of one Robert Smith of the Cure. It's a good look for you. I like it. Did I say this on the air the other day? The stuff I came across about uh, dogs and the relationship between dogs and humans over the... No, I don't think so. ...millennia? No. Um... Dogs, you know, uh, being uh, coming from the wolf world, but they're they're a completely different beast now. They're their own beast. Sure. And a dachshund and a wolf got very little in common. And they've been uh, tight with human beings from the beginning, and they That's have right. high paw. And they have don't leave me hanging. Some of their um, uh, uh, physical abilities have increased, while ours have de- decreased, and vice versa. Because of our co-relationship mm-hmm. over the thousands of years. And for instance, wow, interesting. we feed them, so they lost the natural ability to feed themselves. Hmm. Because we take care of them. Unless we, they on the come other across hand, deer poo, in my experience. But. We, on the other hand, do not have the, the hearing and, uh, and, and don't sleep the way we would if, if dogs didn't exist. We can go sound asleep and don't have to have such acute hearing because we had dogs around all the time yeah. to hear for us to wake us up if anything happened. I just observed that last night. Baxter is a light sleeper, and any noise, he's like, what was that? And there's, there's and that's, a, Yeah, that totally rings true. And Sean, are, hey, we'll talk about cats next hour, so I don't want you to feel left out. <laughs> but there are a bunch of examples of that, of the, of the co-evolution of humans and dogs. It was really pretty interesting. Wow, what else? Uh, we don't well, wag our tails anymore because we don't have to. <laughs> that sort of thing. Dogs used to be able to scratch themselves behind the ears. They right. can't do that now. <laughs> right. <laughs> we used to have an innate ability to go after a tennis ball. Right. <laughs> we lost that. Completely. Now you watch it bounce away. You think, oh, I guess I'll go over there and get it. <laughs> they come in cans of threes now. So. Right. Right. <laughs> but uh, so that would explain why we have such a relationship with dogs. It goes back. We, we've evolved together and it goes back millennia. Hmm. Um, but this from the New York Times. Uh, For most Americans, dogs are no longer relegated to the doghouse. According to the American Pets Products Association, an industry trade group, almost 60% of dog owners say they regard their pet as a child or member of the family. Well, that makes you a nut. Well, a member of the family. Now, okay. That's, that's still yeah. stretching it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a part of the family. Kind of. <laughs> Honorary member. How many people, in the, they don't have that stuff. Now, a child is lunacy. Right. Well, I think only childless people say that. Really, right. don't they? Although well, I, middle-aged know. ladies say it <laughs> sometimes. I get well. I you know I've seen this. I've seen this with people who are, are older and their kids are gone, and they and they get into that because you know you still have that desire. Sure, it's a it's the deepest of urges. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually remind myself over and over again to give me more patience. A dog is like a toddler. It just. It doesn't understand. It doesn't have the capacity to be good all the time. It's going to be obnoxious. Be he is like a little baby. Exactly, Mr. President. Be patient. <laughs> and many let their dogs snuggle up to sleep in their beds right alongside their owners. Is this a good idea or not? So they uh, did this study. According to a recent study, uh, researchers at the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, studied 40 dogs. None of them were puppies, because obviously that would throw off the results. Mm. I've never tried to sleep with a puppy in the bed, but I'm thinking that wouldn't go very well. Get a very... (laughs) That's our pug. 
Oh, that's, that's Pugsito right there. Yeah, Baxter, Taking a nap. Baxter has just moved into the bedroom. It would appear he will never, ever be in the bed. Ever, ever. Because? Ever. I'm not sleeping with a damn animal. <laughs> that's your stance? Yeah, and plus it disturbed my sleep and me and the wife. We still have a healthy, healthy relationship. Thank would you very much. And I don't need no dog watching. Would it? Di- what are you looking at? <laughs> Go get your own. <laughs> Would it disturb your sleep? That's the question. The Mayo Clinic in Phoenix studied 40 dogs, none puppies, who slept in the bedroom with their owners. The humans were all generally good sleepers with no known sleep disorders. The dogs wore a device called a fit bark. Is this from the onion? Fit, bitch, coach. Oh, I'm sorry. A fit bark, an activity tracker that attaches to the collar and records whether an animal is at rest and sleeping or active in play. The people also wore an ActiWatch, an activity monitor that records your movements, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you can figure that out. Both monitors were set to uh, to sample movement every minute while the humans also kept a sleep diary. Over seven days of testing, the researchers found that with a dog in the bedroom, both the humans and the dog slept well. Um. The Versa also offers a fit bitch coat. That's what you buy for your female dog. People slept slightly better when the dog was off the bed. Dogs slept the same whether they were on the bed or in another location. They slept the same whether sure. in the backseat of the car or under the bleachers at a football game. <laughs> or, I'm, or cool. at a restaurant. I'm, a, I'm a dog. <laughs> they were the same no matter right. what. But, but the, it says the people slept perfectly well with the dog in the bedroom and almost as well with the dog in the bed, according to the Mayo Clinic in this study. So there you go. Your, your mileage may vary. I don't think... You should avoid having the dog in your bed because of sleep things. I think it throws off the pack dynamic that you want to establish with your dogs. Right. I think you need astute for a cat guy. It's a good point. (laughs) You need to maintain the alpha status, and I think doing that kind of blurs the lines of of who's in charge there. You need to be more like a dog. I feel that way too. Yeah. My wife disagrees. I just I love carnivores in that they sleep until they decide I really need some meat. They go get some meat, they eat it, then they sleep. It's time to sleep again. Although, this is the, the, the pug is uh, my first go-around ever with a tiny dog. Mm. You don't even notice them around. Hmm? They, they, it's not like... Yeah, I could see that. Like, but, uh, m- my wife before... My dog weighs 80 pounds, so yeah, it'd be a different different uh, experience. Before my wife and I uh, were uh, sharing a uh, sleeping arrangement... Um, she had uh, her dog, Red, she slept with in the bed, and he was a 90-pound dog. Oh, well, boy. That, that would take up a full human-sized spot. Heck, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Pugsito, you know, it takes up this much space. He might and, be there. He might not be there. And if he gets yeah. on and better off the bed, you can't even tell. Except for, <laughs> except for this. That. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's oh. what a pug sounds like. Oh, you know why? Boy. Because it's a mistake of God. <laughs> It's a mistake of breeding. The pug is a, well, that dog Who decided, hey, you know what? That dog over there, you see that little dog? It's a good-looking dog, but you know what he needs? He needs a flat face. How flat? So flat he can't even breathe. So flat he has so, to get an operation to be able to live, to be able to breathe. That's so what we're flat looking for. he can't even suck in air. You're out of your mind. You just wait and see. Yeah. Hold my beer, as they say. And that stuff they've figured out with dogs and uh, how it helps patients in, uh, in hospitals and stuff oh, like that, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm, uh, I'm the first to criticize the snowflakes on the college camp. I mostly for their, uh, well, almost entirely for their um, rejection of any ideas that challenge what they already think. And the evil, evil, and I mean evil, 
you know, complicity of the professors and the administrators who would facilitate that intellectual cowardice. Or they're just such ideologues they like it. That is effing evil. On the other hand, when I hear some college had a stress dog come onto campus during finals or something like that, I don't mind that, really. I don't mind that. Makes you feel better. It does. It makes you feel better, and, and life can be really, really stressful. And I don't think there's any harm in learning how to relieve stress and what makes you happy and how to live your life in a rhythm of stress and then decompress and stress and decompress. I don't mind that stuff. Some of y'all, you write us the emails, they're weak! These stupid, weak college kids! They're so weak! But, you know, I don't, I don't think it does any harm. I know business where they have the do- a dog, and I won't mention it because it's probably illegal, but... They have a dog there, and I like it every time I go in yeah. there. Now, when you have to have a coloring and puppy room because there's a conservative speaker on the other side of campus for 45 minutes, now that's effing fruit bat nuts. That's stupid. And, of course, it depends on the dog. I, there was a business I went into. I had a giant dog knocking down my kids. I will never go to that business again, so it depends on the dog. Right. Makes a difference. I go to this business, Snoop Dogg's off in there. And that's nice. That's Sitting fun. in the corner smoking weed. Oh, yeah. Burning one down. Very weird. What's up? <laughs> hey, so, Snow. anyway. So, if you get the fourth hour, we got something really good for uh, you. Controversy in Rockland. Coming up California. on the Armstrong and Getty Show.